Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon once again as we, well, start a brand new season in the top 14, get ready for a brand new season in the Premiership and enjoy the Rugby Championship, which is currently going on. Not to be confused with the other rugby championship. What's it called? The Ultimate Rugby Championship. What's or, the the, or the Green King IPA. Or the Green King IPA Championship. What's the Ultimate Rugby Championship? That's the Pro 14's new name. No, it's not. It is. No, it's not. It is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The Ultimate Rugby Championship. Yeah. Can I just say, I'm, I'm so glad we've hit record on this podcast to to interrupt the conversation that I could take no part in where JB and Phil were talking about power tools. Oh, <laughs> power tools. I, I feel like a real man now. I, I'm, I'm good at drilling holes. Uh, I'm good at watching YouTube videos about tools. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good at the finer details of executing finished products. Mm. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very impressed with the work that's going on on your boat. Oh, uh, well, it's very easy to take things apart, Phil. <laughs> you know, things like stripping it. paint require zero skill. But when you actually get down to it, I was shown on a boat you on Friday, no, Saturday morning, called the Helena 2, which they've basically taken from a Hulk, and it's a charity project um, for naughty kids to go sailing. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's more boats for naughty kids to go sailing than there are <laughs> naughty kids to go sailing. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that, is, does that make... Uh, does that make renovating a boat a tax-deductible expense or a charitable expense? Well, yeah, it's, it's a charity, right? Yeah. It's a charity, so they've got, like, the engine donated. Anyway, look, it's a worthy cause, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Here's the point. Um, <laughs> also, probably very efficient and economical to do. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the skill that goes into boat building is just incredible. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. Like, how did that plant get there? Yeah, we steamed it and bent it into place. Right, well, I won't be doing that. Um, anyway... I said I'm excited about hitting record on the podcast so I can get away from talking about the manly things you two can discuss and I can take no part in because all I do is talk for a living. Yeah, I shuffle papers for a living mostly, so... Yeah. Uh, me too, mostly. Mm. <laughs> How are you, JB, anyway? Very, very well, thank you, Tim. A weekend of rugby began for you. Oh, my word. It was so good to be playing. So, it's my first competitive game for 18 months and when COVID hit, the team we were going to be playing was Witness. And Witness were a team that we have not beaten... Well, first time we've beaten them in five games. The previous four games, they've beaten us by a combined, combined nine points, I think. In four games? In four games. Cool. That's, how, that's how close these games are. Last-minute kicks, all, all sorts of things. And they're a bloody brilliant team. They're they, really... They've always been a good team. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, 
when we were warming up, we looked over their team and they were pretty much unchanged from last time that we saw them, which is exactly what you wanted. So good to see most of their boys have come back. They've mm. got a hell of a fight. I mean, they you know, we were saying during the game, they're not dead until they're dead. And this time you actually killed them off, which is brilliant. You had to go to the boot of the car, get the wrench out and finish it oh. off. The, you know, re- <laughs> really batter the bloody, you know, the bloody body. But, um, yeah, we did it. Then. It any, any rugby of any kind, Phil? Whether uh, it's like rugby tots or whatever, I, I don't know what the equivalent is now. No, um, I had a little, having a little break from rugby tots just because we we're away quite a bit. Um, we'll be back in in a month's time or so. But no, me and me and Tomby went to uh, watch JB. Yep, arrived. Just after the game finished, um, because of Tommy, Thomas's nap, but managed to have a couple of pi- managed to watch a bit of Talk H and BP, and then have a few pints in the bar. Lovely. And oh, the, the clubhouse was really lively. Yeah. It was bouncing. So I arranged to play another game on on Saturday. So because my game finished forty minutes before our second team game kicked off, our second team were playing against my old club, Broughton Park. My club, your club, Broughton Park. So. I phoned Broughton Park captain, a very dear friend of mine, Addy Do Tisseloy, and I said, Addy, uh, not seen any boys for ages, because, you know, we always play, you know, my, my best years of playing rugby were at Broughton Park. Can I jump in the second team? You know, it'd be nice to play with you. He goes, yeah, it'd be awesome, that'd be great, we're short some players. Yada, yada. So around this, uh, this scheme, past talk age, but no, of course you can't, we're short, and also, you know, you are the coach. Like, yeah, that's a <laughs> fair point. So threw on the talk age jersey for my third half of rugby of, of the day, and they bloody complained. They're like, no, you um, you can't play. Uh, it's out of order. He's a Quite first right. team player. You've just been Quite playing right. first team. It's I not fully, I was play for you, though, wasn't it? I fully endorse that decision. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's good banter. Well, third, three halves of rugby would be, like, relaxing for you compared to your North Dolls at seven. Quite uh, exactly. Um, it's what I do, isn't it? Every output. second, every half. So on this podcast, we're going we're gonna to be previewing a brand new Premiership season and we all have in our hands, which we haven't revealed to each other yet, we've written down our predicted league table for the Premiership and our predicted champion for the Gallagher Premiership, which gets underway next weekend. So uh, we will do that very soon. There's a, there's a quiz which has been sent in, which I'll get to. Uh, you can always email us, by the way, contacttechchasers at gmail.com. And, and one thing that was brought up, actually, which I thought could... Uh, we, I want some help from you, for this one, I'm just trying to find the uh, email now. I'm, this is so like me. I get really organised and then lose the email completely. Bin it all. Oh, yeah. Uh, an email uh, email from Trent, who is another one of our American listeners. Hello, Trent. Hello, Great Trent. to hear from you. Trent Ledbetter, your legend, uh, from Covington, Kentucky. Mm. And um, he's, well, he just, he, he got in touch and uh, just said thanks for the pod, etc. And... He's a was a Wasps and Munster fan and Tottenham Hotspur as well. Has been to, has been to Ireland, but it was all locked down, so we didn't get to see much. Never been to England. Well, hopefully one day, and mm. hopefully we'll get over to Kentucky sometime. Yeah. Now, not to get too political, but where's he from? Uh, Covington, ah, Kentucky. From the, is it the same place? The Covington kids. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The the initially much maligned Covington kids, which was just one of many examples of the media's exactly thoroughly irresponsible behaviour. Don't get that here. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, no, well, we'll tell you, tell you afterwards. Okay. I'll Google it. Some kids... Yeah. Some kids no, were, not now. No, not now. Okay. You're, right, you're quite right. Uh, so they, they said, um, uh, this is what I want some help with. It just sparked an idea. So Trent says, thanks for running a great podcast. I look forward to every Monday, not to mention uh, shouting out the MLR every now and again. We are the best retirement league out there. I agree. Cheers, fellas, and let the boys play. Now, it's when he said the best retirement league, I thought that could... The retirement league 
could be the name, f- how we refer to the MLR from now on, in the way that we refer to the Ultimate, Ultimate Rugby Super... Championship as the Hobby League. Yeah. Uh, just on the Hobby League a second. When you call yourself the Ultimate Rugby Championship, does that just sound like you're trying too hard? <laughs> it's like the uh, Southern Kings, the, the company behind the Southern Kings was called <laughs> something along the lines of the greatest rugby corporation in the whole oh, wide yeah. world. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Limited. Global bro sport. Yeah, and like yeah. UFC, Ultimate Fighting Champion, you kind of go, well, yeah, that's a big claim, but that they allow all different styles and they yep. sort of back it up. Yeah. I, I mean, you'd struggle to find a more Ultimate Fighting Championship, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywhere in the world. Yeah. Whereas so the, I'm not sure that applies to the Ultimate Rugby Championship. Now, I am looking forward to it, seeing the full South African teams in there, so the big four South African teams properly in there, when they will have access to their players and can travel and you can have a proper league like that. Do you know what I'm looking forward to about the, the Hobby League this year? This is a serious point. I think it's going to be a much better spectacle because every week, you, or every other week at least, you're going to have a game which feels like a real game because you used to have a situation where anyone would go to Edinburgh and it just feel tin pot. Because you, you might get, they could get 10,000 people, which is a phenomenal crowd, and then sit them in Murrayfield and you would never know they were there. It's still empty. But they've got a, a new stadium now. They've got a the little was, ground next door. It was great. Based yeah. on Cardiff. Is that well, right? It's, well, it's very similar. It's like in the way in that the Cardiff setup. Blues is next yeah. to... Because yeah. you saw what happened at Glasgow when they got their act together and yeah. they went down to uh, Scottstoon and uh, you know, whatnot. It became really, really cool. I think we might see the same thing out of Edinburgh, you know. And Ed- Edinburgh's team for the last couple of years under... Cockrell, who, who's obviously left, but mm. he's created a good team. There's yep. competition with them in Glasgow. The Irish teams are all competitive. Even uh, your beloved Benetton, who won the Rainbow Cup last yes, year. Yes, they did. Beating the, the Mushroom Cup. That's the name we have for that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is the, the proper legitimate South African teams. Yeah. yeah. So suggestions, please, uh, to uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, contact edges at gmail.com for nicknames for other leagues. MLR, I don't know, the the pension league, or the is, is there like a pension or <laughs> annuity re- retirement league. annuity league or <laughs> something like that uh, that, we can, that we can come up with just for other leagues? Yeah. So, no, like, yeah, I can't even begin to think of what you call, call, call the premiership. The, the French league, the... Mi- the meat grinder. The meat grinder. I don't know. We'll 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 have to work it out. Tw- tweet us. Yeah. It's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. And uh, just also, I'm just just getting all the admin done before we get going. Um, just w- welcome back to other rugby podcasts. Hope you had a lovely. <laughs> hope you had a lovely few months off. Yeah. Uh, we we've been here all the time. Uh, hey, I found something interesting uh, this week um, about you know how celebrities in, in rugby work. You've got people that post stuff for you. <laughs> so what have you got now? You've got a dog walker, you've got a cleaner, a gardener, and someone running around doing your posting. You've got a PA. I actually do have a PA, yeah. <laughs> do you want to know the secret? That my PA is you're, my, you're is, ba- my PA is my mum. You're basically <laughs> yeah, she, does, she does a very good job as she well. Is. You're an engine of employment. So you are, Tim. <laughs> yeah. You are. Wow. Yeah. The trickle-down effect. The well, trickle- the, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, well, so myself and my wife are uh, have, a, have our company, and... Uh, we- under her, under her guys, but technically under you know my business, we've got two two of those government kickstart um, uh, people as well. So, oh, have you? Yeah. So, did you do you have your own post room, or was it someone else's <laughs> post room that the guy got lost in? It might have been the post room at my. Uh, no, I can't talk about this. It, it may have been the post room at Virgin Radio. Uh, <laughs> the, anyway, the post. I can imagine the post room being like 
uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Who is Pepe <laughs> Sylvia? That's that's the Cocker Media Limited post room. Yeah, mm. yeah, quite right. Um, anyway, anyway, where, where do you want to begin? Uh, uh, some, what some news rugby. has there been this week? Oh yeah, we've got well, some rugby, haven't we? News, a little bits of news, no, uh, but there, there was some rugby. Yeah, there was some rugby. Well, I only saw the South Africa game. I didn't even see the end of it. South Africa game. It was a brilliant finish. It was a great finish. Was it? Of it. Yeah. It's it hard to go up towards the, the, the last five minutes if you'd nothing, nothing else. Well, it was a weird one. It didn't It didn't hold the attention much. I've got to say that for the majority of the game. Uh, what was with the crowd? Was it a COVID restriction thing? Because they had some people in, but then... Not full. No, uh, near full. Don't know, but that could be any rugby union game in Australia or not any That's but it. a lot of rugby union games in Australia they may well be Covid limited also, I, I was surprised to see anyone in there given what Australia is like at the minute I can't keep but up it, but it's different rules for different states yeah. and Queensland is less affected oh, okay. and a bit more relaxed yeah. hence why it is taking place it is taking place there, there. Yeah. yes so is there, I found South got a little underwhelming actually I didn't think they played particularly well when they had the ball I mean it's obviously part of the course for South Africa uh, I tell you what, I did like. I loved that five-man driving lineup. I, it's one well, of the uh, joys of rugby watching that. They they scored three tries. They scored three driving ball tries. Yeah, that that was that was their game. They were happy playing without the ball. They were happy kicking it away. They didn't do a huge amount with the ball, um, except for their driving ball, which was incredibly dominant and effective. And Australia yeah. conceded definitely one. You know, Matthew Phillip got one yellow card for it and they conceded three tries from it yeah that was their strategy what i thought australia it, it was quite good watching is against south africa and the style that south africa bring and this made me lament the lions a little bit is the skill level and execution when australia had chances was outstanding that try on the in the far right hand side was it yeah, it was, it was Karevi hey, broke yes. through and then Kellaway. He, he feeds Kellaway. Out, mm. Just the ability to pass with such accuracy at such pace is something which you th- you think of traditionally when you think of Australia, New Zealand rugby players. And uh, it, that was just awesome to watch. It was, uh, yeah. I didn't want Australia to win. I really wanted South Africa to win. But I'm glad they did because I think it's a shot in the arm that the competition needed. And more importantly, Australia needed. I think they do feel like a rather beat-down bench at the moment. I think so, but that's because they end up playing New Zealand like ten times a, ten times a year. Half, yeah. the, half their games are against New Zealand, who just always batter them. Yeah, <laughs> and, they, and they do batter them. And they they've probably showed that they, they are actually a good outfit. They're they're a decent outfit. They took their chances well. They defended manfully. They need to work on the driving ball defence. But besides that, they they were a very good team. Although, what I will say is, if Quade Cooper had not had his kicking boots on, and he got eight from eight, including the last two, which were very difficult kicks, you don't right think on about the edge that from Quade Cooper either, do you? Really? No. no, you don't. But if he didn't, if he missed a couple of kicks, they lose. Equally, if Andre Pollard and Demian Vilemzi, who missed two, three, maybe they they missed far more kicks than you would expect, South Africa could have won by half a dozen points. Yeah. Mm. So. It does. It's it's not. And Lacano and drops the ball. Yeah, it's super reliable. Lacano. Lacano. Yeah. Drops. I mean, there's one guy you think is going to dot over from something like that. It would be him. Yeah. And but then the, the flip side of that was Quade Cooper wouldn't have had to nail that last kick had it was Michael Hooper who had who was it was Reese Hodge outside him two on one. And the 50, I think it was Valencia who was defending in the at 15, had already bought the dummy 
and Hoops gave the pass. Just out of interest, what do you think of Michael Hooper's uh, attitude and mannerisms towards towards the ref? Uh, he's always a bit grumpy. Yeah, I find him a bit grumpy. He was grumpy. Uh, I watched I watched the post match press conference, and he was like just miserable. He does just it. Yeah. Totally, totally, he had a great win, and uh, it's quite funny that Dave Rennie basically gave him some crap for that uh, that. If you if you if you'd have dummied it or could have executed a two on one, we would have won the game. We wouldn't even need that final Cooper kick, and he he wasn't really smiling. That said, it did, give, little, it, little it did give Quade Cooper a, a lovely moment. Which, bearing in mind, not just for rugby, he was off the radar, out of out of contention, out of anyone's thoughts, and he's back in very much so. And and secondly, <laughs> the way he's been treated by his home nation as I well in general. Agree, just <laughs> not giving him. Uh, Citizenship, despite the fact he's lived there since what he was about two years old. Well, not he plays for Australia. I mean, what more yeah, do you need I to know? know. <laughs> yeah, he's literally given blood, sweat, and tears yeah. for his country. Just, just the seventy-one caps for Australia. Yeah, bonkers. I so so I, 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 it's think, bonkers I think that citizenship is pretty crazy. Um, I'm I'm still not made up my mind as to whether he's been treated badly or whether it's just a. Ref- this selection has been a reflection of his both attitude and yeah. performances. Yeah. I wonder if it's a a rugby problem. And I can't put my finger on what the problem is exactly, but it does seem to repeat itself, this pattern, doesn't it? Whether it be... You know, Freddie Burns might be one. Uh, certainly Danny Cipriani's another. James O'Connor. James O'Connor's another. Rugby's inability to deal with mercurial talents. And I don't know how you do it, because I look at what Gloucester did around Cipriani, and you... He, they couldn't have given him more. But there must be a way you can l- work with these guys to get the most out of them. Because I look at Quade Cooper, phenomenally talented. I don't think he's been treated particularly well. I don't think they've made it all about him. And maybe they should have. I mean, well, at 33, you've got to call the guy back. Maybe he's more important than you originally thought. Bowden Barrett is as talented as any of those players you just mentioned. Yes. Uh, and, well, yeah. his offload for that oh. try for New Zealand against Argentina was his testament to that. Absolutely outrageous skill. <laughs> But the, the, to make the offload, he has made 40 yards and beaten three or four defenders and then offloads in contact for the try assist. I was thinking, fan, fancy rugby draft, that out, would be insane. Out the back <laughs> of his hand, with a, it wasn't just a, a lift out of his hand, it was a bullet It was like out a 15 metre spin pass. Incredible. Have you seen the Tok H offload? I, I, have. I have. It was like, yeah, it was, it wasn't... That was, was, that was very, very good. This one from Bowden Barrett was just no. Uh, there's very few people on earth could do what he did. Well, and, Jack Ackroyd could. But my, <laughs> my, my point being was, um, my point being was, he's a mercurial talent, but yeah. he he brings uh, leadership, uh, re- uh, discipline, and all the other attributes that you want. Uh, did, apart from did he get the top Bronco scoring the yes. Blues or something? Yeah. And like Dan Carter would be the same. Dan Carter, agreed. Outrageously yeah. talented. Until he went to uh, France, I heard he loosened up a bit there. Maybe he had Ali Maybe. Williams there looking after him. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> thank God, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I do, I do think Bowden Barrett is like the exception that proves the rule to this, which is he's phenomenally talented and what you'd call, I guess, a flair player. Whereas I think rugby likes very serious, almost miserable characters. I'm not oh, saying yeah. Owen Farrell is miserable per se, but he's very <laughs> serious, isn't he? And that's what they like because apparently that's what leadership looks like. And I wonder if they've got a stilted, ver- a stilted image or a fixed image of what a 
quote unquote leader should be. Like, do you like NFL quarterbacks? You know, there's a certain type, isn't there? The you know, guy holding the clipboard. And they don't really have much time for the guy who you know throws the ball uh, with you know just with abandon. So I think rugby has the same sort of pro- same sort of problems like I d- I don't in know. that regard. Because one of the most important things about rugby is the ability to kind of relax and wind down. Like you look at the success of the Saracens team. Besides, obviously, the additional houses in South African farmland. Yeah, yeah. Was there and ability to, and shopping trips and all those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was there ability to have lots of beers with the boys? And there's something about rugby because it's not as it's not as high profile as football or NFL or, or lots of other sports. They can get away with a bit of that, but it's it's knowing the right players know when to have a laugh and enjoy themselves in that environment, but also when to s- switch on. And that mm. that's like some of those. Guys, you mentioned like James O'Connor, perhaps, and Quade Cooper, um, and Danny Cipriani, older uh, Golden Handcuffs. Um, they they can do that, but they perhaps don't always know when to switch off, as, as in switch off the the fun side of things. That's funny. So I thought of it the other way round. I thought of it more that they don't integrate quite as well with those with those. They might they might have a lot of fun. But it strikes me that they don't integrate quite so well with their teammates. Mm, yeah, well, okay. Gavin Henson would be another yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, his boozy flights. And how do you call it? Because there's definitely a correlation isn't there, between how talented these guys are and their attitude. So I guess the leadership question well, to whoever wants to solve it is how do you incorporate well, that, them? That's what I'm actually disagreeing with because I think that part of the mystique about these guys being mavericks and, uh, and incredibly skilled and mercurial, I think part of that is what they do off the field. It sort of builds up this whole aura. like yeah. the, Whereas actually there are loads of players that are just as talented and mercurial on the field, but straight-laced off the field, and you don't think of them as mercurial, maverick, yeah. we'd have to maverick get, guys. Yeah, we'd have to get AJ, AJ McGinty on the beers for... You know, <laughs> just build up a reputation for beer-loving and we'd, just see... If, yeah, we, image changes. I, th- I think we need to do some extensive research on this. So we need to go on the beers with AJ McGinty, <laughs> yeah. James O'Connor, yeah. oh, 100%. Finn, Finn Russell. Yeah. Bode, that, Finn Russell's Bode, another one. Bodie and D-Mac. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, it wouldn't be surprised me, though, if I'm talking absolute nonsense, because... Colby, Cheslin, we need to get Cheslin loosened up with a few beers, because he is the most mercurial talent on earth right now. He is, but he's not and he is, he is the he is the most... Conscientious, humble, kind man you'll find. Yeah, but until t- you get ten pints in him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Some that's, stroke, this some is well, rum. We need to do some deep research. Exactly. We, I mean, we had beers with uh, Quade Cooper in Japan in Osaka. Uh, yes, I did have a beer with Quade Cooper in Japan and Osaka, and I had to have a beer with him. But I was in the vicinity. Was it with you? Yeah, with you, Tim. The vicinity of. Um, Finn Russell having multiple beers. Oh yeah, we, we in, in Monaco. Well, we saw him at the end of uh, a big session where someone else had had multiple beers with him. Yeah. Yes, and couldn't get home. Um, yeah, we we got come at the end of the night, and he said hello to us, but we didn't really have a few beers with him. Yeah, mm. just shame, shame. I regret yeah. really that decision. So All you, right, you couldn't really conduct your extensive research uh, on that occasion. Correct, correct. This, this will be official uh, work. This will be Egg Chaser's research work. It's R&D. So we'll get some, we'll get some tax relief, tax relief. Yeah, 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 yeah. on those bar bills. 100%. <laughs> what, what I will say about Craig Cooper, so he he was very steady in this game. The, he, he threw a few lovely passes, but his kicking was metronomic at sticks. He looks in tremendous shape 
he looked absolutely impeccable in that in that jersey, nicely fitted jersey. Mm. He just looked, he looked lean in the right areas and muscular in the right areas. He just looked brilliant. He looked, he looked like not like he'd been out of the international game for four plus years. He looked like he was born to be playing that game. Now, why is he in Japan then? Is it just has he decided to do that? Have the ALU decided to do that? I, I don't know enough about the politics behind it. It there doesn't was, seem right a, to me, though. There was a point a few years ago where basically no one wanted him. Yeah, I remember so none that. of the coaches. And, th- th- and this probably plays into... Didn't he play in that uh, little startup thing that they had? That that guy, that rich guy who took Western Force and... Uh, and I know the man... Played who against the Fiji and all the rest of it. They played those games. I think he might have been involved in that. And I know the man that will know the answer to that. So I'll find out for you next week. Well, uh, he did play... He dropped down to, like... There you go. The, the, the um, not NRL, whatever the the Mitre Cup um, yeah. equivalent, mm. the Curry Cup equivalent. Yeah. That's right. He, he did, played, didn't he? Yeah, he played did. in that for a bit, but none of the basically the, the, one of the five franchises or four fr- franchises at the time could have taken him, and no one really wanted him. And that probably plays because he's the high end output that you get from him is so high, is so good. It probably does speak a volumes about some of the compromises off field certainly perhaps when he was a little bit younger mm. that no one wanted to take that risk because the upside was so big the risks must have been yeah. pretty significant but on, on japan there's a lot more noises you, you'll see players very much talking about japan like the oh i'm, I'm probably going to go there soon finn russell being being the one he was interviewed and said yeah i'm happy where i am at the minute i want to win the european cup um but you know yeah Japan's on my radar and there's a lot more players talking like that because and, and there's oh, who was the guy that went out there and just said the money I'm getting here in Japan I could never get anywhere else is that right I can't remember someone said that Co- in a quote was it, so Corey Hill Corey Hill's making a monster contract there, yeah, yeah I th- I'm sure he, there was something like that yeah. basically the, the WRU if, give me the best contract the WRU has ever offered plus all of the um, international money it's not going to be anywhere close to this yeah so there's a really good article I'm going to give him a, give him a plug. Uh, Rugby Journal. I was reading it just before we came down, and it was an interview with, Fre- with Freddie Burns. Mm, By the way, uh, Rugby Journal, uh, which is on your, on your lap, Tim. Yeah, oh, I've, I've been published in the Rugby Journal before. Uh, oh, there you go. So um, their cover for this quarter, is it month or quarterly? Quart- it's quarterly. Quarterly. Uh, uh, one for this quarter is just a grassroots changing room um, wall, which kind of absolutely nails um, the sentiment around the game at the moment. But anyway, they had an article with Freddie Burns and he says literally the same thing, which he went over to Japan, not for the money, but to, you know, rediscover his love of the game and then come back. And I think it is pretty good for that because it does take you off the treadmill, it does take the pressure off, and with Quade Cooper, it looks like it's done exactly exactly the same thing. Yeah. I mean he's thirty three now. Yeah. yeah. He looks in tremendous shape. There's no reason why he can't make the next World Cup. Um certainly based on that performance. Um it's interesting because the last so, I actually look back. Do you know when he won uh, Super Rugby with, oh, with that it, Reds it's team? It's got to be like a decade ago now. Yeah, t- 2011. Is it? Wow. Ten, ten years ago, he won Super when Rugby. When they had Digby Ioani doing his little <coughs> yeah. um, breakdancing tri-celebration. Oh, they had some team. Proper team. That line. They had Digby Ioani. Benny Taps was playing. Was he? Will Genya was playing. Radiki Samo oh, was playing yeah. number eight. James Horwell was playing. Greg Holmes. Uh, Rob Simmons, 100-cap Wallaby. Was playing, Bo Robinson. Jesus, they had, good they had, team. They had um, there's someone played. Someone else was playing in the back row. I can't remember. They had, they had a quality, quality team. But so, in the final, 
they built they beat Crusaders team. They did. Who had Dan Carter, Kieran, basically the the, the ultimate Crusaders team. Well, so, the ultimate Crusaders team under Todd Blackadder. Fair point. Yeah, because it was the team to like it, these half of the team, more than half of the team have won at least one World Cup. More likely two World Cups in that team. Car- Car- that Carter, day. Crotty, yeah. McCaw, McCaw, Reed, Sonny Bill Williams. Oh, wow. yeah, you can't you can't account for um, what Blackadder brings to a team. <laughs> you just can't account for that kind of lovely two, man. Two Franks brothers, <laughs> White Crockett. He's a lovely bloke. Absolutely, but still. Uh, just dovetailing because we were talking about the, and we can mention the New Zealand Argentina Argentina game in a minute. It was probably the perfect time to mention since we were talking about financial opportunities for players on shorter term deals as, mm. as they get in Japan. Uh, rugby unveiled its 12s competition. Yeah, what? now this is not, as I understand it, this is not rugby unveiled. It's not no. world rugby unveiled, it? or the RFU. This uh, is very a much a private, private enterprise. organisation has designs on replicating something like the IPL, but shorter which, term. Which for American listeners or anyone that doesn't follow cricket, the Indian Premier League, where it's a short-term deal, auction, uh, private equity-funded franchise teams who then auction to the highest bidder the players from a pool who make themselves available and then play in a short-term tournament. Big money involved. Mega money. Lots of private financial money Mm. and wealthy backers with with a chance to... uh, Well, look, first thing I'd say... Will you wave a little bit? First thing I'd say to them is, more power to you, best of luck. Because anyone who's putting their money into rugby... Yeah, they get my vote. Um, it's not a place they get yeah, rich. Yeah, because we've had, we've had an effort to do tens. We've had the yeah. rug, rugby X thing. So rugby X was five aside. We've got sevens. Yeah. We've got tens. Rugby league is thirteen aside. Fifteen yep. is obviously fifteen players. So if none of those format, if none of those were the right number of players for you, this might scratch an itch. Quite. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it is very um, weird. This whole thing. So the ambassadors are Peter Reed and Andy Gray, apparently. Peter Reed, the football correct, yeah, correct. <laughs> Former Sunderland Ian, manager Ian. played in World, oh, sorry, World sorry, Cup sorry, eighty six. Sorry, sorry, I'm wrong. There is a guy behind it called Will Myers, who is like an IFA type, and two of his ambassadors are Peter Reed and Andy Gray. Oh, okay, so, it looks so like they're not focused, necessarily yeah, linked yeah. to this. So it's not. It looks like it, so, that is focused on ex sportsmen, right? Um, there. I mean, <laughs> It's mind-blowing, right? So the amount of money which they're spending to do this, why didn't you just go by Rugby League? I mean, generally, (laughs) you're probably not far off the value of the Super League, the amount of money that these guys can allegedly put put, put together. I mean, that's the thing. You've got the history, you've got stadiums, you've got players, you've got infrastructure. You need to market it. Building it from scratch seems like an absolutely insane idea. (laughs) It does. Well, (laughs) what Rugby Union has that Rugby League doesn't have is it's got lots of existing territories where it's already quite big. So, yes, Rugby League has them in the same countries, but not to the same degree. France, Italy, the UK and Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Japan. You've got all these different countries around the the world. America's... America to a degree, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and... um, South America to a smaller degree, so it has got a glo- more global footprint than than rugby it's league. It's global. I don't even know. Well, I, I imagine that's what they're saying. They they go. They're thinking of the potential global audience. I, I guess the question is: Will either the format or the game itself that they manage to make happen on the pitch 
be something which will cut through to an audience in a way that all those other forms that Phil mentioned uh, haven't been able to. I've got an answer for that. No. It's simple as that. <laughs> no, it will not. As a guy who consumes a lot of rugby, and yes, of course, I have tunnel vision a little bit because you, know, you get to this point, don't you, where you know so much about one thing. You know, going on, trying to consider something else becomes quite hard work. But I honestly, if I was watching 12s, I wouldn't know if what I was watching was any good. I could identify if it's a good offload. I could identify some good individual bits of play, but I can do that with any format. I don't understand how I'm meant to, or how much time I'm meant to be putting in to work out, well, how do you execute the line out in 12s? You know, what is good phase play? Um, how do you stretch different... It's it's too similar to 15s. I just don't understand what, what 12 players brings to my enjoyment. So uh, I don't get that. The, the bit that I think will or could potentially grab people is is the kind of um, higher-level format. So if you ignore the stuff that's going to happen on the pitch, which we know very little about other than, I think it's said, uh, it's going to be six and six in terms of backs-forward split. Mm. Um, the stuff off the pitch, so it's going to be run for only three weekends. Yeah. So it's, going to, it's intended to start next year, around this time next year. be three weekends and 15-minute halves. So... Round robin games across the first two weekends, and then a finals weekend for the third weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bit before that will be the interesting bit, which is all of the players who wish to play in it can put themselves put their hat in the ring, and they are going to be auctioned off in an IPL style auction or a potential Premiership style auction. If you listen to our podcast, yeah, on um, which you should have done, yeah, <laughs> on simultaneous multi-round auctions. Um, Six months ago, or something like that. So that that could be quite interesting because you can effectively get any team getting any player in the world, providing they're willing to pay uh, enough money. Well, yeah. so there's a few hard economic questions that they have to get around in my mind. First is if you want the best players in the world, there's a good chance they've already got a contract. I mean, mm. I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure they're busy. Well, yeah, this this is one of the fundamental problems that you have for me because this if a player is going to be playing in this and the best players in the world will also be playing internationally you are just you are meaning they are worth less and less to their club teams yeah and mm. i and i am totally as as you've heard us talk about many times rugby is a game that can end your career as a rugby player mm. with with one tackle so make bank while you can so i'm totally on board with that but it does make a slight mockery from a p- player's perspective if they get involved in this having said for the last however many years and how many people from, you know, just, I, I don't go on Twitter anymore, but rugby Twitter, <laughs> the, the phrase, if you search the words uh, rugby player welfare, you would be inundated with... With people who've never played the game. With people, well, yeah. yeah. You'd be inundated with people com- saying that our oh, rugby's exploitative and players need to be taken care of. Oh, but actually, no, do you know what I'm saying? All that I'm kind of all right if you pay me enough. Well, okay, so which is fine. I'm 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 okay with that. I'm but, just I'm just pointing out the. So presumably, one of the big challenges twelves will have is if everyone's employed elsewhere, which they are. How do you get the players? And the only way I can really think about it is you either negotiate with the Premiership, which is not going to happen. Well, you're negotiating with every league in the world. Not going to happen. <laughs> you're going to struggle. Yeah. Best best of luck. The Premiership can't negotiate with itself, let alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another league. This so, is this is why Japan's going to be massive. Yep, because you can get Bitcoin in Japan, and then you're free for all this sort of thing. So mm. that would mean that playing in the twelves needs to stand on its own two feet as a legitimate mm. option. But the reason that we have more and more games every, you know, 
every year from both club and international is because they're trying to make it pay because they've got to pay these rugby players <clears throat> for 12 months. Yeah, so this uh, is three weekends. I see Phil gesturing to me there, saying, there's three weekends. There's, there's only three weekends. So how much money is that? Yeah. Like, we took we like quarter of a million quid a game. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it's going to take. So, I, I just... It's like it's... This has not been thought through. And certainly the... the, the you're exactly right on the... Trying, trying to get... A, trying to negotiate with all of the leagues and all of the leagues who are just beholden to all of the clubs of all of the leagues. So you're, mm. you're effectively trying to negotiate uh, multilaterally with, I don't know, 50 or 60 I, bodies throughout the, throughout the world at the same time. What is wrong with these people? So <laughs> you've got two formats of rugby. And... I mean, there's obviously some smart people out there. There's some rich people out there. And usually there's a nice little Venn diagram of where very smart people are very, very, very rich, rich as well. I mean, yeah. So I can't understand why they keep making the same constant mistake, which is we need rugby to show off its skills. We need a shorter version of the game. And I assume this is based on 2020. But how long does the 2020 game take? Well, and the 100 this the year hundred, they tried. Yeah, yeah. Which, which there's been a lot of press coverage on the 100. I... I didn't really watch any of it, but it's been it's been received positively generally. Albeit, it's basically not much different to twenty twenty. Just a few. Is more it hundred balls? It's hundred balls. Yeah, and twenty twenty. Is how many balls? Well, it's twenty overs of six balls each, so it's one hundred and twenty balls. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so yeah, so that's the thing, right? So they look at this thing and they go twenty twenty. How long does twenty twenty take to play? Uh, three three hours. hours. Three hours, right? So I can see why three hours is more attractive than five days. I I can, you know, fine, got that. I don't see why twelve minutes is so much better than, uh, than four than forty minutes. So it's fifteen minute halves, um, so thirty minutes a match instead of what sevens is seven minutes a half, fourteen minute games. Uh, I mean, I would just point out the one thing that I've said for years is that the mistake World Rugby made is when they invoked sevens as the alternative sport. Because it is such a different sport that, yeah, you, that you, you can't you can't jump from 15s to 7s without changing your conditioning completely. At least 12s to 15s you can, which is why I think the missed opportunity was having 10s as the shortened but then f- form of the game. Doesn't 10s cannibalise 15s, whereas 7s, there's a lot of guys but that that's a good th- will I, never ever play 15s. But I'm, saying that's, I'm saying that's a good oh, thing. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. I thought it was because one of the things yeah. that the 12s are banking on is that, um, oh, well, someone could get Cheslin Colby and loads of people would pay to watch Cheslin Colby and... Oh look, Cheslin Colby's on a team with Maru Itoji, and and that's the point. Whereas these sevens players are incredibly talented. No one knows or really cares who most of them are. <laughs> yeah, very few. And there are there are a handful of people in the world like um, Tui Silver or Sami Randrandra who can switch. Will Muir, Nakarawa, Will Will Muir, exactly. Uh, and Andy Gray, Andy, uh, not the Rory McConaughey, exactly. Uh, Andy yeah. Gray, Alex Gray, Alex Gray, not Andy Gray, that's not Andy one. Gray, yeah. definitely Sky <laughs> Pundit. <laughs> um, well, Andy Gray is as good at 15s as he is at sevens. Mm. Let's say that. That's true. I've gone blank now. What I was about to say <laughs> about quite... 12s. Yeah, so I, I actually think we don't need a snappier version of rugby. It doesn't need to be snap. In fact, let's go the other way. Why do I have three halves? Three 40 minute halves. <laughs> right, More so, men on the pitch. Uh, potentially if there's 40 men, imagine the rolling malls if there's 40 men on the pitch well this is a serious point right so when I watch when I watch sports and it's a team based sport you probably are rooting for a team now it's mm. not always the case with us because we watch so much of rug- so much rugby we, we watch and it's kind of you know, a pseudo job um, 
But I don't think the casual fan wants to watch 20 different teams. You know, 12 minutes, 12 minutes, 12 minutes, 12 minutes. How the hell do you know what you're watching? You don't. Whereas if you watch an NFL game, or indeed a 2020 game, it does last for three hours. And it's good, because that is the event. The F1 lasts for about two, two hours. It's good, because it's an event. You can get up, you can get some snacks, you can get some beers. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be shorter. As a viewing spectacle between two teams, it might even potentially want to be longer. Well, the, the way they're looking at it is as an event. So as in all of these games would take place on one day. So mm. you might have six or 12 games on one day as an event. So the event might be four or six hours. I'll go along like, for loads of beers and they get and the rugby will go on in the background. But, like, exactly. like the that's seven. Seven. Yeah. And that's, this, that I'm going to go for a fancy dress, aren't I? That's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all anyone's going to go for. So maybe you make it into a, a really good event. I, I hope well, they do. So yeah. if, if it, dress code. So a proper international game of 15s is... You've got to be wearing a tweed blazer or yeah. a barber. You've got to be you've got to be dressed up very definitely fancy. chinos, red or mustard. Take your pick. So you've got to dress fancy. Whereas when you're watching sevens, you've got to be in fancy dress. Yes. So how do you pitch the midpoint between those two? Uh, fancy, just like, fa- like, fancy, fancy dress. No, no, no. Like, no. like <laughs> smart fancy dress. Uh, it's fancy dress, but you can only dress up as country gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only or way. business attire. Fancy dress. <laughs> yeah, you you have to really go for it on the tweed. You have to wear plus fours and have a little plastic duck under your arm. Yeah, I, I think they're really up against it. I'd be surprised if a single game of rugby is played. Uh, that. I, it wouldn't surprise me as well if this just never. Well, when I, they start, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna differ. I'm gonna say I think one, one of the things you look around the world, um, the, the last year or two, um, the the wealthiest people in the world have, while while everyone else has been struggling, made an absolute sh- load of money. Yeah. And this is just a way that they can spend some of that money. And if that goes to rugby players, great. The, the, the one thing I'm thinking, if, if I was running a, a premiership club, <laughs> I might go, hold on, we're up against the salary cap. Yeah, that's open to you. Uh, and I will make that totally open to you. And you'll make a big chunk of money there. And let's, I'll, I'll, there'll be no problems. I'll give you a wide berth. I'll even give you a week off afterwards or two weeks off afterwards. Let's talk about your contract. That's not a bad show. So you, you can take, a... take £100,000 off... Yeah, Maritoji's contract. If he plays this three weeks, and, and then gets you, you get into the business end of the season anyway. So yeah. That that might be the way it goes. Because I, I was just thinking, because all of these boys that they want to, so the top 192 players in the world, of course, the top 192 players um, will will be playing this. But um, the way I can just see the top 192 players in the world, the top 500 players in the world are all tied down to contract to club and or country contracts because a lot of them like New Zealand and Ireland and others they are centrally contracted mm. Wales centrally contracted so you're not you're not going to have any of the top 500 players in the world so you're basically going to have the MLR players available for this kind of um, event or like Worcester's Academy boys available yeah. for this event no the, the, the Wi-Fi is too good in the house <laughs> they don't want to leave <laughs> I get this but the, 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 uh, imagine seeing the auction, which is intended to be the best players in the world, and it's so <laughs> what the Worcester Academy boys. Ollie like, Morris. Who is, the, yeah. <laughs> Who is this? No disrespect to Ollie Morris. Fantastic player. Quality player. player. Still, but, yeah, I'm, I'm less excited when I, if I see Dmac or Richie Mungo or Bowden Barrett going first compared to Ollie Morris or Finn Smith. But the thing is, I'm pretty sure they don't know how to play this game. I don't know how to play this game. I literally, <laughs> I mean, someone will work it out eventually. Yeah. So I think this is just private money. 
wealthy people and a way to spend it on a bit of a hobby that actually if you rather than looking at this as anything other that's what I'm looking at this as it's it's transferring some cash from really really wealthy people to rugby players and I'm up for that yeah I'm, I'm up I for that as well the, only the, one person will make any money out of any of this Ugo Monia outside of that who wasn't making any money the uh, as for it advancing the game reaching new people I, I, I'm very much unconvinced and I think the efforts there should be focused on very small tweaks in very um in very not a sen- not sen- not a sensitive not the right word but very subtle ways to change the game we have to just ever so no. slightly dial up the things which you want to get a bit more of the game out right. of so uh, sorry to tell you this Tim you're wrong well you're not wrong you are right in that way but you need to be thinking completely differently this is the competition that everyone is dying for in in, in, in rugby the JB Cup um I mean that. What else happened to JB Cup? We'll have to investigate that. Mm, yeah. Um, this Twitter account's gone dark. Mm. Uh, okay, so this is how it works. We have a very, very small pitch, maybe like five meter square. <laughs> <laughs> Something like I that. know what this is. And it's marked out. So you got your, your line out area and then your scrum area. You can do four G <laughs> if you want. And we basically have a competition which is you know five attacking scrums uh, each, five attacking lineouts each. And that's that's just what we do. Uh, and then you award points for scrums one, lineouts one, and additional that, points. That part, for... that, the scrum part, should be called Scrum of War. Scrum of like War, like tug of war, and do it like and that. You, nice. And you do it so it attracts maybe not the guys that would have the contracts in fifteens uh, because I mean actually some of the props are still massively strong and massive after after a time. Look at Jason Land. Um, you know, a massively strong guy about five years after retirement. He could easily do, do Georgia do would be world champions at yeah. that. And you pitch it like a world's strongest man. Mm. And because you need five metres by five metres, you can play it in all sorts of places. You can put it on an aircraft carrier deck. You can put it in Sun City. It'd be almost like, and you show it around Christmas, like the world's strongest man. Mm. I'd be up for this because that, that I've Martin Bayfield has had uh, the gig for World's Strongest Man for years now, and I've said that that's that's the gig I would love, yeah, so much. And you know, you, you can branch out a bit. I mean, you can do a combine for them because they've got nothing else to do. They can do bench press for you. you can do, they can do, do a bit of squat. You've got all the strength stats. Why? Oh no, we need another offload. We need another, another offload from a guy that we've never heard, um, heard of before who looks physically. Like he's in okay shape, but not Lo- loads of lads with massive beards called something Ashvilly. Oh, can you imagine <laughs> it? US rest, and there'll be some amazing technicians in, in there. They're also scrimmaging. It's like when you take a part of UFC away, and you know, like jujitsu, and you watch the pure pure jujitsu guys. It feeds back into the UFC eventually, but it's an amazing spectacle. We don't need rugby X. I, I'm, I'm skeptical on rugby sevens. Uh, I'm skeptical on rugby tens. I'm skeptical on rugby four, uh, rugby twelves. Love, love rugby league, but this, the set piece Christmas competition, is exactly what you need. <laughs> Great. I would watch that. I'd watch that. Everyone would watch that. With a few beers. Yeah. Oh, God, imagine. Imagine the pack weights you'd get. Did you, did, you, did you watch any of the tennis last night? Yes. No, I didn't. So I don't really. I, it was awesome. I, I, I'd happily talk about the tennis. I loved it. But imagine the stadium. That stadium is amazing. The biggest so tennis steep. stadium. Yeah. Imagine. The JB Christmas Cup, whatever it's called, yeah, in that stadium in New York, yeah, with 20, 22,000 people in there, and they're it. all on top of the action. Exactly, you could do this thing anywhere. So I've I said sail sharks before, right? Quadmus. Well, oh, stop it! <laughs> right, so we've got a little area in um, spinning fields. And it's got like uh, mm. 
various things that go on there. It's like a little um, patch of grass. And oh, in the so. summer they have big uh, cinema screens, outdoor films and stuff, yeah. and deck chairs. Yeah. And there's all, loads of suits wandering right around. Right next to the ivy. Yeah, right next to the ivy. You can have a Negroni there and whatnot. Mm. So to say, like, why don't you just go down there, mark out your set-piece um, area, which I've got down in Carrington, and then just do an afternoon of set pieces with uh, Quato on the microphone explaining what's going on. Or even better, back in the days of Diamond. Diamond! That's when. The, that's where they... And they did exactly that when they launched them moving to the AJ Bell. Did they? They tried to get on board with all of the businesses in Manchester by going, hey, we've got a lovely new stadium, come along for a bit of hospitality. Unfortunately, they, 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 they did a great job, got loads of people to go along, but no, no one could. it took about three hours for everyone to get home. So uh, uh, shame. it just went wrong. They they've, so, they've sorted all that, all that out now. So now everyone's be- tried it and hated it. They've, yeah, they've sorted it out. It's better now. It it's much. still not perfect. I think it's perfect. <laughs> the diamond lane the diamond lane well let's take a little um, diversion towards the premiership then and we've got two more teams to talk about should we do our uh, prediction for the table before we discuss the the, the finalists from last year Exeter yeah. and Harlequins okay or afterwards I'd, 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 I'd do it afterwards afterwards but... makes sense doesn't it alright so Exeter then runners up yes and they were runners up in the league table as well mm-hmm yep um any ins and outs for the Chiefs? Limited. Um, Have they got a new mascot? Did I see that somewhere? I don't think so. I heard they it's like a, like a hawk. They announced a hawk a called Tom, Tom the oh, Hawk. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom the Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. It's famous. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it as well. Tom the Hawk. <laughs> I love how it's completely harmless. It's a hawk called Tom, but it will just it what? Will just... <laughs> Tom the Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> There's the very small number of people for whom that will be the worst thing going on in the world at the moment. Oh, racist! <laughs> oh, Tom the Hawk's even better than Big Chief. <laughs> so, Exeter have brought in four guys other than a few guys coming in from the academy. Um, there's some big boys coming in. Okay. So, uh, they've brought in two props... Um, average weight 130 kg. Oh yes, I've seen these boys. One's um, one's from New Zealand, is he? Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Josh. I well, say they've, they've had to replace Big Tommy. I also say for Donny Tommy Scott, mm-hmm. who comes in from the Highlanders, and Sam Nixon, who is an English boy. I'm sure, was he at Bath? He's coming in from Bayonne. Yeah, he was at Bath. Tighted prop, 125 kg, six foot four, tighted prop, mm-hmm. um, and Ryan McCauley. From Western Force, who is a six foot eight second row. So wow. they brought in two six four, 125, 130, 135 kg props and a six eight, um, 18 and a half stone. Very much like the question, what did Debbie McGee see in the five foot two uh, millionaire? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did Rob Baxter see in the uh, 100... 135 kg tighted prop? Yeah, I, I can't imagine. And they've also brought in Sean O'Brien. Now, not the Sean O'Brien. Not that Sean O'Brien. So which Sean O'Brien is there? There's another one somewhere, isn't there? There, there was, I think, at least one other at Connacht. So this is... I'm sure yes, there's there a, is. I'm sure there was another back row at Connacht, but this is a, a young Sean O'Brien centre from Connacht. Yeah. So, um, they'll obviously be very, very good. Uh, I like the fact that they've just gone for big men. I, I, there is a genuine feeling, I reckon, around the Premiership regarding Worcester... Worcester. Exeter's academy that don't like how they do things, which is they train them to play the play play the Exeter way, uh, and I think there's going to be just more and more of that. There is a small worry though about Exeter in my mind, and it's the 
inability to deal with Harlequins this year. And one of the things which makes me a little bit worried about them is that... uh, Did you hear what Rob Baxter said after the Premiership final? He said... Remind me. He said that nothing they did surprised us. Mm. Nothing they did surprised us and we just weren't on our game. Which means, in my mind, not that they play exactly the same as everyone else, but they knew what was going to happen and they couldn't combat it. I'd love to know what that something is. Mm. Well, I, I think he's right in his assessment of that final. Exeter should have won. Mm. Uh, in the same way that Bristol should never have lost a 28-0 lead. They should yes. have won. Yeah. No team should ever lose a 28-0 no. lead and, and when ex- you're at home like Exeter that. Exeter were well. below par in that, in that final. But did they, were they made to be below par? Quinn's played incredibly well. They did play very well. I, I think that's, just, that's very much in keeping with Rob Baxter, who always wants to take responsibility and control and not, not, put, en- not put anything on something which he hasn't got control of. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, so it's just the fact that he said it didn't surprise us. So whatever the is, whatever the thing is that didn't that didn't surprise him, that is very concerning that they couldn't over couldn't overcome that. Then, mm. uh, but, but I, I do wonder, I do wonder how much was because X didn't play well yeah. in that final. The other they thing- would have, they would have, play, would have played a lot better with Sam Skinner and Dave Ewers in the side, which uh, that's one thing we didn't mention. Um, but had the sighting commission been a New Ze- uh, along the lines of uh, how New Zealand run their affairs and, yeah. or, or World Rugby run their affairs uh, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had the red cards to uh, they wouldn't have been suspended from the final which in, uh, interesting that's another thing which has uh, got a lot of people in the, in England or the UK and Ireland vexed is the way that Geordie Barrett was treated I think in the sighting panel for the kick we discussed on last week's podcast mm. um, well kick the connection the, between yeah, his yeah. boot and the head of his, his opponent as he was off balance catching a ball uh, they said they brought intent into the, or a lack no intent yeah and into I, the reason for not for rescinding the red card it wasn't just that he wasn't given a ban the red card was rescinded yeah and and not only no intent but he was not reckless as well um, mm. which which is you can have intent you can have recklessness and the, the two are not necessarily linked I thought I'm actually quite pleased. I, we we spoke about it at length, but I'm, I'm quite pleased yeah. with the decision overall because it, it was. It, it, it's interesting that so many people were calling for him. Uh, so many people on Twitter, which I don't, I don't know what world some of these people live in. Um, Twitter, Twitter world. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they don't live in the real world at Bloggers. all. But um, th- so many people on Twitter were saying it's red card all day long. But it's it's interesting because ordinarily both the ball carrier and someone jumping to claim a high ball are protected from the law. And in this instance, he was, well, if, according to them, he should not have been protected, actually. He, he, um, he's the one who should be the perpetrator of this, which was, he was off balance and he, there was a reaction to prevent himself from falling. <laughs> it was funny, so, so one, one Twitter exchange I did see, uh, I, I do look, uh, I, I don't, I post and I rarely look, but I do. I, I did look, and Anthony Watson said basically he was glad to see it wasn't yeah. a red card because. And Brian O'Driscoll said something very similar. Brian O'Driscoll said something similar. Yeah. So you know, Anthony Watson, Brian O'Driscoll. I think I've, they might know a little bit or, or two. That, that's what they hate the most. These people hate that the most. Yeah, and ja- and Jack Knoll is, is what alerted me to it because Jack Knoll was just going 
have a look at the comments to this. Hilarious. Basically pointing out that you've got one of the best wingers in the world yeah. uh, giving his opinion and a load of uh, people who think their opinion is as, as valid um, telling him that he's <laughs> well, ha- just how wrong he is. I mean, everyone's opinion is valid. Uh, that said... They're also like, they're like arseholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> yes, true. That is very true. Um, it, the game is for the players. The game is for the players. And this is what really gets me annoyed about rugby in the direction it's going now. Is when all the players are like, yeah, as a fullback, I think, you know, I can understand how that happens. That shouldn't be read. And you see it with all the safety regulations and all the, you know, when something changes. Um, the game is for the players, but it is slowly being taken away from the players by people who like to cover their own arse or, you know, they think that the game should be different for many, you know, many various, re- various reasons. And the Anthony Watson thing just tells me what I already know, which is they're taking the game away from how the players want to play it. Well, fortunately, a, a, a very loud but tiny minority but, of people, but powerful, yeah, but powerful and influential. But I'm, I'm also glad in this that they were ignored. Yeah, yes, it's a good outcome. It is a good outcome. And, and it's if this was happening all the time, if players coming to tackle uh, guys taking the ball was happening all the time, they were getting kicked in the face, left, right, and centre. Maybe something needs to be done. Did, this is this is two in three yeah. years. Yeah. Did you see the tweet? Someone sent us a really good tweet about Tom Brady. It might be a no. DM actually. This is amazing, right? So Tom Brady is being recorded, and it gets on the Rich Eisen show, and it looks like he's in a Tampa Bay fans forum, and he's been asked a question about safety. What he says effectively is that. You cannot rely on a defensive team to ensure the safety of the attacking team. Or, I guess... Oh, yes. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? I do know the one you mean. Yeah, I think you mentioned this. I'm sure you mentioned it off-air last week. But yeah. I'm not, I've not seen the clip. And he gives the example that when he first started playing, he would never throw the ball down the middle against, say, Baltimore Ravens because Ray Lewis is going to take his receiver out the game. He's, going to knock, um, he's just going to knock him out of the game. And he couldn't put his receivers in certain positions because it's dangerous for them. It so was is, his, that, is that legally or illegally Ray Lewis is going to take his receiver out of the game? Unclear. Because you're up, when you're going to tackle someone, you want to do it as hard as you possibly can with as it, within, within the laws of the game. Well, because otherwise, you'll be off the I think you mark. might have mentioned this on last week's podcast, actually. Did, did I? Yeah, because you were talking about um, Lewis. Ray Lewis. I don't know if Ray Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, off, the, off air or not. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Well, yeah, uh, you definitely mentioned this last week, but I can't remember if it was on air or off air. So now he is saying... Some, I can put the ball anywhere I want because I know if the defence hits my player too hard, he'll get penalised and therefore, you know, you're not seeing the best version of our game because I don't need to have the same skill that I used to have and the receivers don't need to have have the same skill as they used to have because all the onus is on the defensive players to look after the attacking players and he's absolutely right. But but is that too hard? Is it... Like, too hard or illegally? Well, I think with American football... There's quite a clear difference. There is a clear difference. But with American football, I guess, where the ball goes and the moving parts and, you know, hands in the air trying to catch the ball. So you used to be able to tackle the guy in the process of catching the ball. And now they've got to, I think, catch the ball and make one clear footballing movement. Oh, is it so your feet have got to hit deck now? Yeah. And and to put it in context about how (laughs) protected quarterbacks are now by comparison... Uh, a linebacker running through, trying who their job is to just if they can get through and 
<laughs> absolutely <coughs> smash. Hit them as hard as they possibly smash can. Smash a quarterback as hard as they can. <coughs> They're allowed to tackle them if they have the ball, but you're not allowed to land on the quarterback. You have to... <laughs> you have to. And imagine how quick this is all happening. They have to be able to tackle and roll off them before they hit the deck. That's, yeah, otherwise that you get, otherwise you get fouled. That yeah. seems absolutely uh, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And it is ridiculous because ultimately... You want to see the guy paid hundred million dollars getting hurt? I, I just, you know, that's a, that's a, that's why he's paid so much money. That jeopardy is what is is what makes yeah. it amazing. Uh, interesting. Do you know if because I can imagine unintended consequences of something like that will make it more dangerous in other ways. Uh, well, I, I, in, do you know if if that has seen a reduction in injuries? Uh, I have no idea. Well, Tom Brady's still playing into his forties now. Yeah. I think if the if the rules were how he was when he started his career, he wouldn't still be playing. Yeah, mm. I think that's a fair, a fair shot. I was going to say, that would be, uh, in terms of consequence, that Tom Brady's going to win eight more Super Bowls. But back to Exeter Chiefs. So, Chiefs. They're out. You mentioned it before, Tom, Thomas yeah. Francis goes to Ospreys. Uh, there's, a few, there's a fair few guys going to Wales. So Elvis Tyone, third choice hooker, goes to Ospreys. <laughs> Alex Cuthbert, Cuthbert obviously goes back to Wales to Ospreys. Tom Price goes to Scarlets and Corey Baldwin goes to Scarlets. Um, the only other notable guy leaving is COVID boy. No, Jim Short's gone. No requirement for him anymore. Oh yeah, COVID's uh, yeah. gone. Hopefully, <laughs> touch wood. Uh, touch where, where's he gone to? Released. Not going anywhere. What a shame. He'll catch on somewhere. I, I bet he's still very good. He might get drafted in uh, World Twelves next year. I, I pay to watch him. <laughs> that's that's the level I'm with the first World pick. Actually, yeah. James Shaw is a very good player. But like, how has this happened to James Shaw? Because everywhere he plays, he looks great. <laughs> he is extra, he looks great. Every time he gets a, an opportunity, looks phenomenal. The wor- worst thing that could happen to James Shaw is one of the most shared clips of James Shaw is Sonotti Sonotti scoring a try against him. Oh, oh yeah. No. B- Barrelling round oh, yeah. into the corner. Well, this actually brings me to something else with Exeter. I do wonder, I do wonder how long Stuart Hogg's going to be there for. Because you can't pay that much money for a substitute uh, for a substitute. Seriously, <laughs> uh, no, you I, can't. I don't. I don't think he will be long term substitute. I think they went one way in the last two games, but I I can't see him. But what was the reason from being from being benched? That's what I, I'd like to. I'd like to know. Probably because he played a hell of a lot of rugby in that. Played period. a hell of a lot of rugby, and I I mean I'm just throwing spitballing here. It's not really in Stuart Hogg's nature to not be a hundred percent. But if he knew he had the Lions tour. And he had terrible luck in the previous two. A couple of games away, just a couple of percent trying mm. to trying to not in, get injured in the back of his mind could have affected him in training and in games. Yeah, well, I mean, look, if he starts season on fire, he's starting at fifteen. He's doing all the right things. Obviously, he's more than good enough to hang around. The he's all right. He's but all if, right. If they think, say, Noli is a better fullback option, I can't see there being any argument to keep someone so expensive. If yeah. If they think Noli's the better fullback option, then I would agree with that. But you have got, well, he started the first two tests for the Lions at fullback, didn't he? Yeah. Um, he's been pretty much the best fullback in the Northern Hemisphere for about the last four or five years. Um, probably even longer, probably since the 2013 tour. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about him. But he will be a very expensive player, and yeah. he's got to justify it. And I bet Exeter could, I mean, you look at how astute Rob Baxter's signings are. Where he gets these players from, whether it be Yanis Kirsten or Don Armand or the two blokes that we spoke about today, or, or, or Johnny Hill. Johnny Hill, not wanted by Gloucester, but don't worry, we'll make him into a lion. Um, from Ireland, Skinner. Yeah. I mean, just, all these guys. Thomas Francis from Doncaster. Uh, the two most successful Northern Irish players of, of all time. 
And then before that, Thomas the Tank. Like, Thomas Waldrum, not, yeah. not really wanted by, by Leicester. Ollie Woodburn, Tom, Tom Devoto. Tom Johnson. Like, yeah. uh, it yeah. goes on and yeah. on and on, on. What could they do? What could they turn 400 grand into? Maybe four more Lions? Which you've never heard of, rather than buying you know, a ready-made one. Mm. So uh, that, that's why it's important that he plays. Not be, because they don't rely on the names. They don't rely on the quality of an individual like that until the finals. So from not to play in two finals... I mean, that's why he's there. He's not there to beat Worcester. He's there to beat uh, Toulon and, he, and Toulouse and... Bristol Harlequins. And Harlequins, yeah. So that's a real problem. And they could spend that money very, very well elsewhere. Mm. Exeter. Well, I guess we can talk about what we think about them when we get onto the table a little bit more. Should we move over to the champions? There's one, one oh, yeah. more point I want to make on Exeter. Is yep. I want to see more this year of Josh Hodge. Josh Hodge. Oh, yes. He's 21. Uh, he was remarkable for England under-20s a couple of years ago in the um, under-20s World Cup. The, the handful of games I saw for him for Exeter, he was... He has amazing attacking talents, but he's a bit inconsistent, and I want to see more of that consistency. And also, I want to see him put on about twenty stone, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, twenty kgs, yeah, f- ten to fifteen kg of pure muscle. Yeah, uh, just uh, and I will just add one more thing to Exeter. Um, th- I'm not sure if it's going to make a huge difference. I suspect it should do. Then you stand. It's going to be ace. Mm. So they've expanded. Um, it is currently going up. When I was there. Uh, apparently, even though there was no seats on it, they thought they'd get it done. You're, you're like this, Phil. It was all prefab. Oh, yeah. All prefab con- concrete. Precast concrete. And they're just drilling it in with, a, with, with, with big impact drivers. Apparently. <laughs> uh, Drop it in place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Sandy Park is a ferocious enough venue already. Uh, I just see it going up, going up a level, and that would be mm, cool. That w- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Will be cool. Absolutely. <laughs> the, so, champ- the champions, ins and outs for Quinns. Champions. Oh, hold on, where do you think? Uh, you're not, you're not telling me where, where you think. Well, we've got the table to go oh, through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Definitely top four for me. Um, don't worry about that. Um, Quinns, interesting signings I think for Quinns. Mm. So I'll go through them. Nick David from Worcester, who looked amazing, yes, he did look amazing, amazing last year. Tommaso Allen, at fly half. I did not know. I did from, not from see Benetton. that when, when, when was that done? Uh, last year he played for them. And on... They got rid of their two backup tens. Yeah, house. so they got rid of Conan and uh, James Lang Langers. Yep. Um, 
I'm sorry, not Conan. Heron. Heron, Heron not Conan. Conan's Newcastle. Um, Tomaso Allen, to provide, because he's, he's a bloody good player, to provide better. He's no Marcus Smith, but he's he's a step up in terms of the, the second choice. Hugh Jones, if they can get the best They've out of... They've got Hugh Jones! If they can get the best out of Hugh Jones... Why am I missing Hayes all these Jones, that's a big old centre pair in that. <coughs> yeah. I, I can't believe we, I missed like these two signings. on the wing... Yeah, and Marchant actually played on the wing yeah. uh, this weekend. Um, they've got Jack Walker from Bath, who was mm-hmm. England under... So he's 25 now. He was England under-20s captain. He's Leeds, isn't he, originally? Leeds, yeah, Yorkshire Carnegie, originally, I think. Um, he's never he's never fulfilled his potential yet, but he's 25 in a front row, so he could well Loads do. Very athletic yeah. hooker. They've got um, a Tongan... Uh, Viliami uh, Taulani who comes in so his back row comes in from Chiefs uh, Chiefs as in Waikato Chiefs and returning to the Premiership Christian Scotland Williamson yes so some really interesting signings coming in for Quinns Pittsburgh Steeler coming back and then of the guys they've, they've lost so Mike Brown is obviously an enormous loss he didn't actually play towards the end of the season um do you, do you know if you this sounds um a little bit savage but if you gave me the choice of swapping mike brown for Nick, it's hard to say look mike brown was awesome if it's a game for so tomorrow for so long i pick mike brown yeah if you're asking me who i'm going to build the team around over the next five years nick david's a bloody good signing well, mike brown will be 40 in five years pretty, so he'll probably still be doing he, it he'll probably still be playing really well yeah love mike brown he's such a quality operator and, and he will be very good for falcons um, so they lost Mike Brown. They lost Scott Baldwin, who is a loss because he was Huge really loss. important for their for their functioning, very successfully functioning line out and Big scrum. Big turnaround yeah. for their line out and scrum. Well, yeah, Baldwin is an interesting one because a lot of guys come over with international pedigree, particularly Welsh lads for some reason, and just don't do well outside of Wales. In fact, they don't actually do well in Wales. They only do well when they play when they play for the national team. Mm. Um, and Scott Baldwin did not start well, I, I don't think. But he grew into it. By the end of it, he was an absolute force. And he was part of the, the team that showed up that scrum, which for years, even though they had Sinclair and Marler, their scrum always seemed to be flaky. Yeah, well, they all had you know, one hooker spread into three, didn't they? Had yeah, like, you know, Buchanan, three uh, Dave Ward and... Gray? Gray, Joe Gray. So, yeah, he was a massive upgrade. Uh, who they, they replaced him with Jack Walker. So he's got a huge job on. Jack Walker's got a, mass, a massive job because... He's basically got to bind that scrum together and make it successful. I'll tell you what now, one thing, that, uh, Saracen, Saracen's Quinns is absolutely going to be a rivalry now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be tasty. And not just from Quinns being hating Saris, it's going to be... Saracen's will, know, will know, know who they are now. Yeah. Well, actually, Saracen's won it, what, three times? Yep. At Quinn? least... Uh, five times. Yeah. No? They've won Europe. Five. They've won Europe three, three times. times. I think it might be five, four or five titles. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably want to cut, cut those up. I mean, Hogan's got two now, and they might mm. have even had one back one before in the day. that. Yeah. Um, so all the guys who's left, have we mentioned. Won, have they won three European titles? There's two, yeah, isn't it? Uh, How many two? Is it three? <sighs> I think they've won Europe <laughs> twice. We need to look it up. And the Premiership five times, I think. Bloody hell, that's good, isn't it? It's not yeah. bad. I think I can't. I don't. I'm not sure. Let's have a quick look at the list of winners. Wins by club. Saracens, three European three, Cup. Okay. 2015, 16, 16, 17, and then 18, 19. And Premiership titles, five? Uh, let, me, let me look at that. Uh-huh. 
I, mean, I think that's some decent business by Quinns. Yeah, yeah really decent business. A few more outgoings. Uh, champions, summary of winners. Uh, give me the winners by... Um, uh, four. Four. Uh, uh, no, no, sorry. They are fourth in the list behind Leicester, Bath and Wasps. They have won five titles. First one in 2010-11, then 14-15, so 15-16, 19 Chiefs and Chiefs and Harlequins have won two. Yeah, and then and Sale Shock's got one. Sale, Northampton, Northampton Newcastle. One. One. Newcastle oh, Northampton. Won. Well, Newcastle was pre-premiership, like... 97-98. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, the other the other outs for... Let me just get this up. The other outs... So, obviously, we mentioned James Lang and Brett Heron. Campagnaro was still there. <laughs> um, I've not seen him play for oh, so right. long. Useful. Nathan Earl follows Mike Brown to, to Falcons. Yeah. And I... Don't think that's the worst loss in the world for for Quinns. Uh, Martin Landajo, Landajo. He was very good. He's a good live wire scrum half. Um, so a bit of a loss. Um, uh, I mentioned. Oh no, I didn't mention. I mentioned Benny Taps earlier because he was playing in the 2011 final, but he goes to Cel Cel Sea Sharks in uh, uh, Eastern Cape, or not Eastern Cape, but Durban. Um, and Cavubati to Vita, Cavubati goes to Perpignan. Right. Okay. So a fair few outs, but other than Scott Baldwin and obviously Mike Brown, I think the ins are much better than the outs. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. The, Tommaso Allen's an interesting one because he is an out and out fly half. And I think if Harlequins are going to recruit someone, well, someone like James Lang is perfect for them actually because he's a very good rugby player. He's not just a 10, but he can fill in at 10. And because Marcus Smith is so good, you're never going to want to take Marcus Smith off the field. So your backup fly half may as well have another job to do. Mm. Uh, and you know, someone like an Owen Williams would have been a good signing for them, um, or just someone with a bit more flexibility. Because someone like Owen Farrell to play behind Marcus Smith, per, play, sit on the bench behind Marcus Smith. Yeah, that'd be great. Owen Farrell at twelve, Mark, Marcus, Marcus Smith, Smith at ten. You can get used to doing it for England then afterwards as well. Exactly. And the Lions. Well, and this is where you go next with um, Harlequins. Which is, are they going to lose players? One. And two, is the thing which made them unique, has it now gone? Because they were kind of like asymmetric insurgent um, warfare fighters for a little, a little while. They had no uh, DOR. They played some pretty unstructured stuff. They seem to have split the roles between five guys, from what I can tell. So they had the, the general manager. Billy Millard. Like, have you read into Billy, Billy Millard much? No, I did look up at one point, but I can't remember. He's Australian, done, been around a few clubs. Been a Cardiff, he's, yeah, basically. Uh, it's just like, is he a coach? Is he a manager? No, like, he's what? more like a general manager. But yeah. what, I mean, is they, that, haven't they brought in Tobias Matson? So they have. Tobias Matson comes in as head coach, not a yes. DOR. And he comes above then the four other coaches in Nick yep. Evans, Adam Jones, Jerry Flannery, yep. and, well, Charlie Mulcroon is on the list I'm looking at as. Yeah. as Kicking and skills. I mean, that is Leicester Tigers, old Leicester Tigers levels of uh, coaching levels. Or Bath under Gary Gold. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I like it, because they were doing pretty well without it. Yeah, they'd, they'd obviously made that appointment prior to them winning the Premiership. and I do still think that winning the Premiership was almost like a fluke. If you, re- if you replayed those two, the semi-final and final, if you replayed them ten times... There's no way Quinns win the league. I still can't. I can't believe they're top four. I can't believe them. I mean, I mean, they, they were they were 
14 or 15 points clear in the top four. So they, they, they yeah, made the top four on merit. They shouldn't have won the league. How? They, yeah, they, look, they won everything by by merit. I mean, the fact that you're in the, you're in yeah, the top they, four. That said, if you gave me all the same scenarios, the same squads as last year, and you asked me to pick a table, they still... They're still not making top four in, in, in my mind. I wouldn't have changed my changed my opinion because, of course, they could have lost players. They could have had call ups. I mean, I mean, it's very fortunate that when Will Evans goes down, who is one of their best players, mm. Jack Kenningham's a monster, like a legitimate monster. He might have even taken them to a di- to to a new level. Uh, the Tommaso Allen that you've already mentioned, I think, could be one of the most important players for them this whole season because. Uh, and I think they're going to be without Marcus Smith a lot. Mm, I have a feeling, Tim, they're not. I really don't. <clears throat> Eddie is Eddie, and he loves he loves George Ford. He loves George and Owen Farrell. I I think they I think they will be without Marcus Smith. I I've just got a feeling. So uh, this he, he he can't he can't be ignored. He's and he so won. Good. I mean, yeah, you say they they were fourteen fifteen points clear of fifth place. Marcus Smith, yes, it was a team effort, but through the league, Marcus Smith's presence was probably responsible for at least three w- wins that would have been defeats, for, at least. Yeah, well, at least three, as in last-minute plays yeah. on at least three, and double or triple that in terms of the number of league wins that he was. Yeah. Like, if he were not on the pitch for the, the 80 minutes, they would not have won. I honestly think there's more chance of Kenningham getting called up than Smith. No, uh, because he Kenningham looks like the kind of sort of guy that well, he already was called up, wasn't he, in the oh, summer? Oh, Kenningham was. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, he looks like the kind of guy that Eddie would like. He plays like I think Eddie would quite like, um, and he's also very, very stubborn around his fly halves. Now that said, I think it is now within Eddie Jones's gift to decide who comes fourth in the Premiership based on the decision of <laughs> who does he call up. Well, let's jump so, to our well, table then. I'll just say yeah. before Harlequins won the. The Premiership. So I remember watching a post Six Nations um, chat with Eddie, giving his rundown uh, team briefing thing, and he, I said then, I said back in uh, March of this year that I am certain that Marcus Smith will be playing for England. Uh, that's what he said. Uh, that's what I said. Oh right, sorry. That's what I said based on what um, Eddie Jones said. What did Eddie Jones say? He was talking about the speed of the game, the transition of the game, and the way, the direction of where the game is going, the way World Rugby want to play, and the way that England want to play the game, about speed and attacking options. Kind of paraphrasing, but yes. it led me directly to... It was almost like he was saying, I will be picking Marcus Smith. And then obviously for the next available tour, when um, Owen Farrell wasn't available for the summer tour, he picked Marcus Smith as his starting half. He was amazing. This is... So. This is very relevant. Sam Fitzpatrick uh, emailed us this week. Contact headchasers at gmail.com. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Says thank you, all the rest of it. Um, which I very much appreciate. Um, just for time, Sam, I'm skipping skimming over that. But thank you for the nice words. Uh, he said, um, enjoying your looking at um, the teams, team by team in the Premiership. He says, um, however, every year, the team that wins the league, with a few exceptions, is typically the team that has most successfully worked out how to beat the most teams. And I think this is a key distinction and something JB has skirted around when talking about his beloved sale. Uh, One-dimensional teams, however, impressive, have a habit of coming undone in the final rounds. And he links this to Eddie Jones and says, I also think this is why Eddie Jones is 
the greatest English English rugby coach of all time. He's the only one who's who's successfully managed to embrace England's greatest natural strength, chiefly a player pool that's both deep and wide, loads of talent and lots of variety, rather than being hamstrung by it, i.e. panicking about who's my best 15, 23, 35. Uh, we, uh, we saw this at the 2019 World Cup, where England had at least two approaches typified by the selection of Slade or Tuolangi. Mm. So he's, uh, it's an interesting point about um, not just putting the best team out on the park, but the team that is able to beat the most other teams. And I actually think that's a really good way of putting it, because last week I did say that for, more or less about Sale and about Bristol. Uh, the same applies to Exeter. They play how they play. That is it. And I think the words from Rob Baxter, which is uh, Harlequins didn't surprise us, um, tell you that Harlequins do play something. You know, they 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 play to beat uh, to beat other teams in a different way, whereas the other yeah. the other top three teams only know the way that they play. And Queens have got more balance now than they've had. Hence, they won the league because they they could mix it up. Uh, if people wanted to get into a bit of an arm wrestle, Quinns were quite happy to go there as well. They had four different head coaches, they had four, four, four different approaches, <laughs> presumably. Now, under one approach, they're going to be screwed. Well, let's jump to the tables then, because we've all written down, and I don't know what, what you boys have written down. You don't know what I've written mm. None of us know what each other has written nope. down. Uh, we've There's written, a lot of scribbles on your page. I know, Tim. I've changed my mind a few times, but I've now I'm, got, um, I'm happy with the table I've got right now, written down one to 13, and we've also selected who we believe our champion will be. So we're going to write this down. We're going to. I'm, I'm going to scribble one out as well. I'm going to swap two teams teams around yeah I'm still not the 4th 5th 6th is the one that I'm yeah that's that's that's, where that's, I that's the area I've debated and changed probably every permutation I'll just have to stick with the one I've got there are right so now. many hard calls in this yeah but I, I think I am very confident that my top 6 will be the top 6 I in am what, as well in what order I, I, I would put money actually that we've all made, there's maybe one team who might sneak into one person's top 6 but I think We'll all have very, very similar top sixes in totally different orders. Well, I'll tell you what, let's let's do the bottom three. Okay. Yeah. From bottom two, uh, 13, 12, and then 11. So who, who, who have you got 13? I've got Newcastle. I have Worcester. I have Worcester. I think I probably should put Worcester, but I like, I've got a soft spot for Worcester. I've got a soft spot. Yeah. I think Worcester so, are going to win. I want I, one of their first three games, and people go, "Oh, that's all right." And then they're going to have two close losses, and then we'll forget that they're actually not a good team. Yeah, they'll win. They'll lose twenty-one of the next well, yeah. uh, twenty-two games. It's all good teams in the prem. Twelfth. Um, uh, so it is Worcester for me. Gloucester wasps for me. I've got Gloucester. Wasps. 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 Twelve. Wasps. Don't, wow. Don't, they, don't really see how they win much. I've, I've got Gloucester. Wow. Gloucester in twelfth. Eleventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I then have Gloucester. Newcastle. Newcastle. Um, okay, right. So that's our bottom three. So, the, so, so Worcester, Worcester and Falcons feature in all of our bottom threes. Yeah, and it's a uh, Gloucester Wasps. Uh, oh no, yeah. you and I have the same bottom three in different orders. And, yeah, and uh, Wasps also featuring JBs. Let's go for this middle four then. So tenth to seventh, tenth position. Gloucester, Irish, Irish, Irish. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, okay, jump up to ninth. Uh, ninth is Bath. 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 We all, 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 all Bath and Nights. We all gone Bath, bath, bath and Nights. Now they could win the thing, you know. I mean, they won't, obviously. <laughs> they, they will not. Joke. They've got um, the players to win the thing. I'm just looking forward to how badly they're going to do. It, it, <laughs> it really feels like a whole joy. There was, there was a big period last season. Whether you watched the Bath game that weekend or not, you would spend, if Bath lost, you'd spend 20 minutes on why Bath, bath lost, regardless of whether you watched the game. Yeah. If Bath 
Bath won, you'd spend 20 minutes on why Bath lost the previous week. Exactly. <laughs> uh, eighth position. Harlequins. Wasps. Oh. Northampton. Okay. I bet me and you, Phil, have got just... I think we're not far away. Because seventh, I've got I, Saints. Have you got Wasps in seventh? I've got Wasps in seventh. Yeah, so we just switch positions. I've got Saints. Seventh. Saints, seventh. Yeah. Okay, so yes, we've got the, the teams that are in our bottom seven are, in various orders, Saints, Wasps, Bath, Irish, Falcons, Gloucester, Worcester. Apart from... Oh, apart from Quins. JB, who's put Quinns yeah. in down there. Quinns in eighth. Quinns in eighth. So, but Phil, wow. Phil, we have the same bottom seven teams. So, yeah, I thought we would have the same top six teams. So, we don't all have the same top six teams. There's one... Uh, that means you've Quinn's got, out of the you've top got six. Saints in the top six. Uh, no, I've got Saints. No, no, no. Which team... I'm trying to not... work out what team you've not... Been. No, no. I've, I've got Saints at seventh. Oh, you've got Saints at seventh. So, which team have you... Oh, you've got Irish. You've got Irish, you've got Irish at sixth, have you? Yeah. Irish sixth. Interesting. No, I haven't. I've got Tiger sixth. Wow, Tiger so Irish top five. Tiger sixth. Okay, uh, I've gone Quinn's sixth. So, I, and I'm thinking about that purely because of Marcus Smith. I I had Quinn's in sixth, and then as we were talking through the Quinn's team, and I was bigging up um, all of their intelligent signings. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking that Sale are missing a lot of their South Africans until Christmas. Mm. Are they? They are. They are. So I've dropped. I, I had. Sale in the top four. I've relegated Sale to sixth in my table. Jesus! Wow, I did. Oh, I didn't realise they were missing them quite that much. Mm. That's now, not not all of them because yeah. they're not all with the squad yes, at the moment. But. Quite. Um, this fourth, fifth, sixth. I found. I, I've had it. I've written them down in every order. So Quinns, I've had fourth and fifth, but I've just landed with them at sixth, fifth position. Uh, I went Leicester Tigers. Me too. Irish Saracens on my. You've got Irish in the top four. I have. Wow! You are. You want um, a hospitality day at the Brentford Stadium, yes, don't I you? Do. You're fishing for it. Wow! wow. So we've both got Tigers. Our, so, our lineup is very similar. To it is. It is, isn't it? And that means our, that means our top four is this. No, no, no. Our top four, with one exception, we've got three of the top four. Yeah. The same. And the same with JB, actually. I think because the the teams that haven't featured yet. So no one... Oh, you've had Saracens. Or, JB's had Saracens. Yeah. So no one has had... Exeter or Bristol. Exeter they're they're Bristol, the only two yeah. that haven't featured so far. So yes. they're, they're the only two teams in all of our top fours. Yes. All right. So what is your top four, JB? My top four is... From fourth... Yeah, we'll yeah. Just, we'll... So London Irish. Fourth. Okay. Sale. Third. Exeter. Bristol. Bristol. Okay. I've gone Saracens fourth... Exeter third, Sale second, Bristol first. Mm. Yeah. So I think Bristol won a lot of games because they do. I had Sale first, and then because of the South African issue, knocked them down to third. But they'll win enough. They'll, mm. they should, they should I think they probably will win enough. I, I think mine was a rash decision, but I'm sticking with it. And then, What's your top four, Phil? So Quinns, Bristol, Saracens, Exeter. Yeah. In that order. So, and then, what, what are my as, as in. Um, Quinn's fourth. Quinn's fourth. Saracen's yeah. third. So, uh, yeah. No, Quinn's Bristol third. Bristol third. Saracen's Saracen second. Exeter. Exeter. But that, that top three, I'm I, I'm convinced those three will be the top three. Yeah. And now, the three below... So I think those three will be in any order and the three below them will be in any order. Now the wild card here is Harlequins. Because if they lose Marcus Smith, 
it's going to be a hard, much harder season. Yeah, um, I, I, I do agree with that. But they, they, having having Esther Hazen and Vilko Lowe, for example, it just shows everything up. They've it got, does, they've yeah. got options and outs and a solid scrum. But here's the thing, right? If I'm willing to put that much weight on the shoulder of Marcus Smith, who might be leaving, you know, not leaving, As in, might, might be, be playing with England, yeah. or could get injured in Why the first game of the season. Why am I not putting that much weight on maybe the second best fly half in the Premiership, or the top, five, he's definitely a top five guy, which is Paddy Jackson. So if London Irish have got uh, their full team who do not get called up for internationals for the most part, they're going to be a serious... Did, didn't Paddy and, Jackson play... I think he started every game last year. Yeah. Uh, and they've got some quality scrum halves. So, uh, but but the, the drop-off from Paddy Jackson, I mean, given that he started every game, who comes in if he doesn't play? Well, he has to play every game. He has to. He has to play every game. Yeah. And I think they're only going to get... The young lads are only going to get better and the old boys are going to have an extra year of playing with each other. That's a big a call, four, mate. Fair play. That's You've put it on the whiteboard. Love it. Yeah. Mm. Right, so we will we will fold these up, put them in the bowl. Well, um, who's your champions? Yeah, we, we've all selected a champion. Yes, I've got a champion. Sail Sharks. My champion, Sail Sharks. Wow. Uh, I've gone for Brizzle. What? That's mental. They're, they're going to be hurting. I, I've weighed this up. They're going to be hurting. And also, I think... Uh, certainly Exeter and Saracens will want to compete at Europe at the top table of Europe as well so I think that might and I, yes. think, they, I think they I think they're probably better equipped to compete at the top table of Europe as well so I they're likely to be doing both at the business end of the season whereas Bristol will make a beeline for the premiership I think Sale will be out of Europe the early doors I don't think that's their that's their arena yet I don't think they'll I don't think their style of play will match up well in Europe they'll be gone the meat quick. grinder. Yeah, they'll, 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 they'll be going quick. They'll be able to focus on the premiership. Mm. And I think Exeter and Sale will put Bristol in a bin. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> mm. uh, I, so, I've just got a feeling about about Sale this season. Interesting. A, a lot of responsibilities on AJ McGinty's shoulders. Mm. Not, not to quite the same degree as Marcus Smith or Quinns, but to a not far off. AJ McGinty, who this weekend booked uh, two weeks away t- from sale uh, in early October to play in the Rugby Americas next round qualifying Where? by beating uh, Canada. He's got to play against Uruguay twice in October. Where? Uh, well, not at the AJ Bell. Yeah, but where? I, I think in the Americas. I don't, don't quote Have me. Have Uruguay, do you say? Yeah, he's played against Euro- USA. Have got to play against Montevideo. Euro- then, yeah. If he's in Uruguay, it's not, I'm not interested. But I'm, I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> in the states, I'd be interested. If it was in maybe Boston or Philly or Boston Chicago, Fl- Florida or Texas at the minute. Did you read Time Out? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. Take, I'll take Texas. Texas would be ace. Did you read Time Out's thirty-one best cities to live in? Yeah, the, Manchester number three. Number three. But did you read the reasons why? Um, no, I just looked at the so, fact it was number three and went, really? Yeah, okay. well, I live here. You I, live I here. love it. It's great. But Agreed. It's number great. three in the world? I'm not sure about that. Um, who's number one? San Francisco was number one. Oh, God, no. Did you, did you San Francisco's awesome, but um, it, it's... Uh, it's one of the most expensive places in the world to one live. One of the most expensive places in the world to live. It's brilliant, and the Haight-Ashbury area is really cool and funky, but... Um, also, the people that live there now have amazing and incredibly expensive townhouses, 
with uh, with loads of tents yeah. all well, out the front of them. Well, it's, the it's an absolute dumpster fire I think in a lot of ways. You would think San, uh, San Francisco is the best place in the world to live if you could afford to live there. Because if you could afford to live there, I mean, your life's pretty bloody good. Well, unless you're in a tent. <laughs> in which yeah. case it's and there's not. a lot of people in tents in San Francisco. I was, re- I was reading these reviews of all the different... Si- so I was hoping there's going to be like a bit of a wild card in there, which you don't know about. Like somewhere which is... Like when we went to Philly, I thought that was a really cool city. And really Chicago. Cool city. Chicago's a cool city. But awesome. That, that, like that was in there. Okay. Um, but you're reading like... And it's about where... No, not to visit. It was to live. And none of it had any relevance to like if you wanted to live there or not. Like... Um, the progressive politics of San Francisco. Like, what? What about the schools? Are the schools any good? Like, is it? You know, is it, is the public transport any good? Uh, the reason the Manchester came three is because the community came together. Did it? Where was my memo? Did, did you get together with the community over the summer? No, I didn't get together Phil? with the community over you the get summer. With the community over the summer. I stay away from the community as much I, as I can. I don't even know what the community is. What is the community? <laughs> I don't. I don't want the community to bother me. Leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In fact, it's pretty good because the community doesn't bother me. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it should, that, be, that's why should be top three. three for that. Hi, do you want to come out with the community? No. Except when my neighbour's uh, filming my back garden with his video camera. Oh yeah. What? Phil's got an issue with his neighbours. His, his neighbour is paranoid that he <laughs> Phil's filming him, and it's vice versa is not happening. No. So my God. So are you sure you you sure you're not? Were you hold on? Were you working out in very small shorts at the time? <laughs> not at the time. I often do. <laughs> Um, no, um, it's over Christmas. Uh, I got a new neighbour last year, and he, he's great. He just keeps himself to himself, but he's put up massive fence round front and back, shutters on every window, and I got a note pushed through the door saying, um, "Phil, can you call me, please?" I've only spoken to him twice before this. One of the times that he spoke to him. The second time I spoke to him, so he introduced himself, and then the second time I spoke to him. Um, I'd not had a haircut or shave for three to six months. I remember um, that period. Yeah. Remember it fondly. Yes. Uh, so do I, actually. My wife doesn't. Um, but I was in high-vis, power washing my drive, um, and he came and was like, hey, mate, um, can you quote for doing next door as well? <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying I was like, this. No, <laughs> Craig, is me. He's like, oh, shit. I remember you saying but that. Anyway, so that was the second time. So the third time, he pushes a note through the door saying, can you give me a call? So I gave him a call. It was like, usual pleasantries. And then he said, um, this is going to sound a bit weird, but um, are you filming my back garden? I said, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound weird. You're right. Um, and he said, uh, it's just, we've had really bad neighbours in the past. And... Um, there's something in the back window. There's like a black black box in the back window that's pointed at my garden. It looks like a, a video camera. And I was, I've spoken to the missus and she was like, yeah, that, that look could be a video camera. It could be. I mean, it could be. And I was like, I, I was like totally flawed. I was, I was very nice. I was surprisingly nice, actually. But I was like, no, I can assure you, no, I'm not recording your back garden. But I've got no idea what could possibly, what you could possibly think. And that's, that's my two-year-old son's room. Like, there's nothing in there. I, I just want to know. I keep, I, I, I keep my video cameras in the, uh, in, <laughs> in like the owl, the owl. Of, of I've got all my, I've got all my video cameras trained on your bedroom window. Yeah. <laughs> so I went back, and it's, um, one of my uh, wife's um, uncles made him. It's a wooden 
Videokamera. <laughs> it's like a wooden uh, plaque that says Thomas on it, and on the back it's got a little metal hook. It's like a square square thing screwed into the wood with then a little hook on it. It's like, this is it? How could you honestly think that? It's it's about, uh, I don't know, 20 mil by 20 mil. It's, t- it's a tiny little black dot on it. But now... I want to know what on earth is going on in yeah. my neighbour's house. I'm like desperate to know why he's put all these fences up and shutters on all the windows. And why you can't film it. And if you... It's a bit like being like the scene um, at the poker table. If you look around the room and you can't see the patsy, um, yeah. you're the patsy. If you always think you've got bad neighbours, perhaps you are the bad neighbours. There's one yeah. consistent thread there, so yeah. I, Quite I, right. I, I'm very... I mean, I, I print out of principle sometimes I get hung up about privacy. But I'm not particularly private in any way. I don't understand like you know why people want huge secu- you know, privacy walls and well, I'm I, not quite, I quite often have um <laughs> I off quite often escalate arguments. You know those silly little disagreements you have with your other half and you you know, just chat I quite often escalate them because I say can you keep your voice down please? <laughs> I'll talk the volume I want to talk. Well, what's your problem? I, I just don't want to have the conversation with the neighbours if it's all, all the same. What does that matter? You should be focused on me. So yeah, I, that, off, that happens quite a lot. Uh, it's very, a very, um, a very nice way to when people over say, "Stop, please stop raising your voice." Yeah. Why, why, why so defensive? <laughs> but we've got a friend, uh, Steve, and uh, it works phenomenally. Why, why, why are you crossing your arms? Why are you so defensive? I'm not defensive. Yeah. Yeah, our principle, I can get like, oh, like vaccine passports and whatnot. Uh, you know, the principle, I, I'm happy to answer on that. But ultimately, I, I just don't really yeah. care. I don't I'm, I'm the same. I, the principle, but I don't care. Like, who's watching The Watcher kind yeah. of thing? Like, I, I just don't care. I don't care enough. Well, that, and it's also classic projection. Like, the, the, the number of things, the number of times where people accuse other people of the very thing which they do themselves. Like, well, yeah. Projection, right? I have projection in my household. My wife today, the girls have ordered two, two pizzas, and she's like, oh, do you, not want, do you not want the cheeseburger? It's like, no, no, you want the cheeseburger. That's what you're doing. If you want the cheeseburger, order the cheeseburger. They've told you clearly they want pizza. Yeah, we have projection in our house all of the yeah, time. All the time. Uh, can I just say to the lots of people who got in touch, when I said, oh, I need a new box set because I just finished one, I need a new TV show, I, a bunch of people suggested White Lotus so I can... Uh, Any good? Yeah, mm. it is good. What's it about? It's uh, six episodes, uh, Sky Atlantic, and it's about um, a load of incredibly obnoxious, yes. all in their own way, uh, incredibly wealthy, obnoxious people in a kind of a whodunit kind of thing. Uh, and it's, it's very yeah. good. It's, so I've started, it's a new, entertaining. I started a new book. And it was uh, the um, advice of an army... Oh, am I, am I going to say that? Advice of someone no, no. important. A, a military... Um, a military friend. Military friend. Uh, who refers to himself as the Prince of Devon. <laughs> right? Uh, and it's called Sapiens, and it's bloody brilliant. Mm. Sapiens is an excellent book. Yeah, yeah I really enjoy really it. Really good. But it makes everything I do feel kind of stupid and... In, and meaningless. Yeah, meaningless. It's all a con- construct. It is, isn't it? It's all a construct, so just give up on life. All a yeah. construct, and it's all wired in... From millions of years ago, and we're just reacting to our, to our base. In well, that's that's the so argument, just, isn't it? Are we are are we just reacting to our base level instincts, or are we? I have literally read it the opposite way, which is there are no base in instincts, and it's and it's all flexible. That's only. Well, that that sounds a little. Yeah, I've read that in different ways because there, there's that um, uh, blank slate book as well, which is basically arguing. There's a whole interesting discussions we could go into yes. about 
how much is, is nature nurture stuff, isn't it? But yeah. Um, so, we've, we've got some fixtures next weekend. Oh my word, we've got fixtures. Oh, Come on. I just remembered. Right, we'll go through these quickly because we spoke in great detail about every team. So just give me a winner. Um, first game, Friday Night Lights at Ashton Gate. Bristol versus Saracens. Bristol. Uh, Bristol. Give me Bristol as well. Um, then Saturday, so we've got three three o'clocks and a five o'clock. We have Leicester hosting Exeter. This is a good test for Leicester. This is a Leicester. really good test. Exeter. Exeter. Now, just a question. None of the, uh, it's a statement, and correct me if I'm wrong. None of the Lions will be available yet. Will they? No. No. Good point. Okay. Give me Leicester. Mm. <sighs> Crikey. Yeah, maybe Leicester. Mm. You got to, hold on. Remember, we've had this before. You've got to make a prediction. Exeter. Exeter. Okay, okay fine. Um, Northampton, Gloucester. Saints. Northampton, Gloucester, Saints. Saints for me. Worcester, London Irish. So 13th versus... Fourth, UGP. <laughs> Irish will smash them. Irish. No, they won't smash them. This will be Worcester's most competitive game of the season. I, I, I think Irish as well. Irish more stable team. Um, I've said too much already. Um, Sale versus Bath. Sale. Bath. Mm, missing the South African lads. Yeah, I think Bath are going to come out all guns blazing before they collapse. <laughs> In a heap. Yeah. Um, Gimme Sale, but Sale will be missing a few players, but gimme Sale. There's one thing Bath can do. So they'll be missing AJ, presumably. Y- y- well, yes. And uh, Faf. Yeah, they've got Quack, though. I, I, do you, I would not be surprised if Quack becomes so good this season. Quirk. Quirk. <laughs> becomes so good this season that um, maybe Faf look, is starting to look to France. Mm. Gimme Sale. And then finally, Newcastle host champions, Quinns. Newcastle host them, you say? Yes. Yeah. Mike Brown v Quinns. Newcastle. Mike Brown and Nathan Earl. Hey, correct. And Carl Hearns. Three and, tries in three games. And Dean Richards. Yeah. Quinns. Gimme Quinns. Now that means who is the missing link? There's one team not playing this Wasps. weekend. Wasps. Mm. Very good. There we go. So, so, first weekend of the season is always great because everyone puts out their first full team. They're all going to be absolutely... Like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So I'm going to put on a £1 bet for every single game. I'm going to try week. and do that as well this yeah. year. And I, I might I'm do an certain... I might do. No, I'm not allowed um, to. I'm not allowed to, uh, so yeah, I can't actually. You're not. Um, well, why don't you just put your money through me like you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm certain, even though even if we predict, say, 65% of games right, I think we'll lose money. Do you reckon? Yeah, because you, you'll get... X to be in Worcester at home, you'll get uh, oh, you get yeah. one pence for every pound yeah. on on a game like that. But it will it it will happen less than it might be. There's no way it happened twice in a hundred games. Yeah, but you only get one remember, well. Pence. I mean, do you remember when we tried to win money for charity from Le- when, from Leo Vegas a few years ago? <laughs> yeah. They gave us money basically every week, and we just frittered their money all season. So we do talk about betting a little bit, right? Occasionally. Uh, sometimes we get some complaints about this because I do on a serious note, I do understand gambling can be compulsive and people do have problems with it yes. and it, it's a, it's a, it is a problematic always always bet responsibly exactly it is a pop- when the fun stops stop yeah it is a problematic um, mm. endeavour but the reason I know 
uh, I'm not in any way addicted to gambling is because we got 20 quid free every week to bet with Leo Vegas. And most weeks we we, we literally forgot to take the free money. <laughs> we literally <laughs> forgot. That was going to charity though, wasn't it? Well, Wasn't I mean, no, no one was checking. We, we never, we, we never withdrew it. So Leo Vegas have still got the charity money somewhere. Of course, yeah. So yeah, that, that was that. And any international games? Have we got the when's uh, New Zealand South Africa happening? Uh, is that this week? Let me tell you. Uh, why can't I find it? No, it's Australia South Africa again this week. Australia, South Africa, Argentina, New Zealand playing those reverse fixtures. So you've got a week, another week for New, New Zealand, South Africa. I, I'm not... I, I just feel like we should mention the uh, Nep- is it Nepo Laulala absolutely ending Pablo Matera, Matera, which is no mean feat in the New Zealand Argentina game. So. That was a hell of a hit. I didn't see it. Fair play. Wouldn't have been as big as a hit I saw in Talk H this weekend, but still. Nothing is. Uh, and, yeah. and my beloved Ulsterman. Um, beat Saracens at the Honourable Artillery. Oh, is that what you played? That's a hell of a gun. You've been there? No. No. Awesome. Um, I would have loved to. I looked at getting tickets because obviously I'm working a little bit down in London. I looked at getting tickets to it, and the, when I looked, the only tickets left were three hundred pounds a ticket. Two hundred ninety-five. Wow. It was a hospitality ticket with dinner and stuff. So the but, old GM of um, London Scholars is a listener to our podcast. Hello, Jack. And he invited us down to watch Wigan. Is that what I was going to say? That's a rugby league team, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Wigan versus Scholars have their pre-season, and their pre-season is usually like back end of February or something. And it is uh, honourable artillery. It's ace, mate. It is absolutely ace. Uh, final thing to note, Toulouse have just battered Toulon. 41-10. And, 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 it, and it's a... An 83rd minute Lopetti Tamani try to make the 10 points up, otherwise it would have been 41-3 to Toulouse. <laughs> that is brutal. Wow. Oh, well, there we go. There's that a podcast. Some... Enjoy the brand new season. And um, It feels like a very long podcast. How long have we been going, Jay? Yeah, it's nearly a couple one of four, hours. One forty-two. Ah, beautiful. Oh, that's pretty standard yeah, for us, isn't it? Beautiful. As long as a rugby game should be, none of this 15 minutes each way, Malark. Correct. <laughs> uh, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.